Hi there. I hope you're having a really great day because you're listening to Ben There. Sean that. Monster dick, monster dick. I died from too much monster dick. Monster dick, it made me sick. And then I got more monster dick. Ben There, Sean that. Now you're listening to a podcast. A podcast where we talk about movies as an excuse to interrupt each other and laugh at our own jokes. Yeah. Summer's almost over. Yeah, it's almost over. It's, uh... All the summer blockbusters are no longer going to be in movie theaters. Yeah, so we'll be seeing those soon. There's Is there anywhere it's like, Jack Johnson thought he had it all figured out. <laughs> then one day... <laughs> He lost his hair. (laughs) Now we're watching him lose his hair and his mind in... Bald Jack. (laughs) Bald Jack. You don't know Jack. (laughs) It's all about the guy from the cover of You Don't Know Jack. Yeah, he was bald. That's his name. (laughs) Bald Jack. That was a good game. All right. Well, let's get down to basics. Sean, what movie did you see this week? Well, I saw The Invasion. Oh, Actually, kind of cheating, a movie I've seen before. Nothing wrong with that. There are no rules here. Oh. So, well, the first time I saw this movie... The Invasion? The Invasion. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, I see through this movie. I know Mm -hmm. what it's about. Okay, you had a unique insight. Unique insight. I had like a thesis and all that stuff in mind. I didn't even hash out. So this time around, I watched it with my thesis in mind and I took notes and I left them at home. Okay, perfect. So it's going to be just like a normal podcast. (laughs) This is a remake of The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, okay. And in the first one, it was obviously about, you know, the Red Scare. Yeah. I don't think I've seen the first one, but I think that's what it's about, right? Yeah. The Reds being the communist, not Red Fox. No. So anyway, this one starts off... Gets right into it, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a space shuttle that crashes. Oh. And it's the space shuttle. What was it called? Because it wasn't named after a real one, and it was kind of funny to me. Oh, the And they had to make up a name for our space shuttle, and it was like, Patriot, I think it was. Is that a real (laughs) space shuttle? I don't know if the shuttles have... Yeah, yeah, like, there's the Enterprise. Oh. I thought that was just a ship. There was this TV show back in the day called Star, Star Trek, Trek, and their ship was called the Enterprise. So they right? named it after they named a shuttle after a ship. Yeah. Oh. So they named the Enterprise the shuttle for the U.S. NASA. So was the Challenger a shuttle? Challenger was a shuttle. Was the Endeavor a shuttle? Yep. And yep. Yep. What about the Pinocchio? Was that Pinocchio was a wooden boy? Oh yeah. That yeah. um. He lied. Was made by, yeah, he would lie. Like NASA does. So that's actually <laughs> quite the link that um, NASA's lying about the Earth being round. Yeah, yeah, they're suppressing the flat Earth. Because so many people, there's so many songs about the around the world and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. If NASA was to admit that the world was flat, all these songs would become public domain. Well, you realize why they can't say the Earth is flat. Why? Well, because then everybody would go over to the firmament, which is the edge of the world, Uh and they would break off chunks of it as like a souvenir (laughs) and bring it home. Be like, oh, look, I got a piece of the firmament. (laughs) And then we'd have no firmament left, and then we'd fall into space. Because, you know, people go to national parks, and they steal golden poppies and sacred rocks and all this stuff. And that's bad enough as it is. Take a piece of Al Capone's uh, jail cell. Yeah, so we can't have people chipping off chunks of the firmament. That's... Right out. The firmament is permanent. Yes. 
So anyway, Space Shuttle Patriot. Space Shuttle Patriot crash lands. Oh and man! There's a 200 mile debris field. Like that's the radius. That's going by uh, round Earth, flat Earth. I don't know how big the debris field. Well, you're converting from polar coordinates to Cartesian coordinates. Yeah. So it'd be like a 200 hypotenuse. Anyway. <laughs> Crash lands on the flat earth. Yeah. According to the canon of this movie, it is 200 mile debris field. Okay. You know, the government's setting it up, don't touch the debris. Like, yeah. we need to figure out what happened. And people are touching the debris. And there's this mm. guy that they send to talk to the people who say, don't touch the debris. And this little girl comes up to him and she goes, I found this on top of my house. And hands him a piece of the debris and it cuts him. Oh, And no. he drops it. And he, like, kind of looks at the girl and then gets in the car. Okay. Well, it turns out this debris has, like, a microorganism on it. Well, the only debris I care about is when my friend Deborah comes over, and I'm about to say hi to her, mm -hmm. but then I slip on, on a banana peel, and then, like, my voice trails off in a weird direction, and I go, hi, debris! <laughs> well, the only debris I care about is after a spaceship blows up in the atmosphere, and there's a big debriefing oh. that they do and this guy did a debriefing yeah turns out there's a microorganism that can live in space and it gets in him but you don't really see that you know what's happening turns out he has an ex-wife that's been calling him all night when he gets home his girlfriend's like your ex-wife's been calling all night Weird. and he's like whatever and he goes to bed turns out his ex-wife is nicole kidman Oh. And she wakes up because her kids woke up screaming and she goes to take care of her kid. And, you know, you find out she's a really rad mom taking care of her kids, single mom. She wakes up the next morning and she's such a great mom that she's getting stuff ready. But she's wearing like this see-through shirt. Nice. And you can see her boobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay. And then she turns around and he's like, you can see her butt and like she's got a thong on. And the kids see this too? Well, when she runs into the room to cuddle with him. Oh, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's the. And you're weird... like, it's it's nice that you're giving this to people for the eye candy, but it's like if she's she's playing a mom, you don't want her walking around with. And it's not her real kid because you know you're watching a movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird boundary issues. Yeah. So that was kind of weird. Her kid's great, and she's taking care of her kid. She's a single mom. You know, everyone's all upset. You like hear on the news about the debris field and stuff. She gets a call from her husband, and he's like, "Hey, I want to see my kid." Yeah. And she's like, well, okay, but that's kind of weird because, like, he hasn't seen his kid in four years. Yeah. And he's, like, working on this big debris field thing. So it's kind of weird and off, but she's like, okay, well, he can see his kid, but, like, I'm a mom, so I know something's up. So anyway, you find out she's, like, a kick-ass psychiatrist. And nice. She's, like, a kick-ass mom, and she's all over the place. She's got, like, good intuition. So tell me more about Nicole Kidman. She's... Working as a psychiatrist at yeah. the school and... No, not at the school. She's just dropping her kid oh, off. She has, does she have She's a, private... a real psychiatrist. Well, does she have a private practice? She has a practice. Does she have a specialty? Her specialty, I think, might be spouses or something. She's because like a marriage she counselor. Has... She's just everything, I guess. Because there's this one lady that shows up. She's like, my husband isn't my husband. Oh, no. Which is happening all around the world, and she Googles it later, but yeah. it's like, my husband's not my husband. Well, and she goes, I feel like his body has been snatched. <laughs> you know, this is going to be great later on, because my movie, 
also deals with a psychiatrist and also deals with snatches and bodies. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> well, anyway, she's like, what's going on? She thinks this lady might be a little nuts, but she like also has her side. She's like, I want you to call me if your husband's being weird or anything. Yeah. So there's like this weird kind of background thing and her husband's kind of being weird. He's like, where's my son? I want my son. The best person to talk to about a body snatching yeah. really is your therapist. Yeah, because they're going to have your back. Yeah, they're you can't go like... to the police and be like, a body has been snatched. <laughs> and you can't call the news and be like, I want to report a body snatching. Yeah. Clitter. And they're like, well, don't you mean like kidnapping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't go on Twitter and be like, hashtag body snatch. <laughs> Yeah, because it's already being used for something. It's, it's about guys that put on rubber masks of ladies and they, <laughs> they put on a body snatch suit. They do do that. It's a thing. And it's... Yeah. Uh, um, they're like, we body snatching. <laughs> and then they do like YouTube videos where they're like, team body snatch <laughs> squad. All right. So anyway, it's Halloween. They're all excited. The kid's some... I would say he's Superman. But then mm. if you looked at the costume, it's probably just blue and red superhero suit of okay. non-description. So Trademark friendly Superman. They take the kids trick-or-treating and it's fun. They're all getting the candy and... Yeah, they're they get... candy snatching. <laughs> and they get to this one door and this uh. this dog's barking. Go, rrr, rrr, rrr. And the yeah. guy's like, my dog's never like this. This is so weird. They always say that. Well, dogs can smell the snatch. Uh <laughs> That's you know true. how dogs are always sniffing you in the crotch? Yeah, yeah. The yeah, they of... can smell the snatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this dog's barking and he's like, my dog's not like this. Just go to the next house, please. Dog gets out and attacks this kid. Oh. And the kid's like, you know, and the kid like is wrestling with it. The guy gets the dog off. The kid's all bloody. Jesus. They take the kid home and the kid's fine. And they're like, the blood that was on the kid isn't from the dog biting him. It's from uh, the kid strangling the dog. Oh, jeez. All the other kids are running around with their candy. Well, the kid's like dog snatching. Well, this kid, though, he's not flustered. He's not feeling any emotions about what happened. Mm. And know what he's doing? He's got autism. Yes, he's got autism. <laughs> he is sitting at a table organizing his candy. Yep. Into, like, rows. Oh, yeah. And he's perfectly fine. All the other kids are having fun, getting in fights, and... But he's just perfectly content by himself. He's having fun. Organizing your candy in a rose <laughs> is fun. It is. Yes. Not to other people watching you. They oh, think right. you're having a bad time. Oh, yeah. And that something is wrong. Okay, those fucking neurotypicals coming in <laughs> telling you that their fun is better than your fun. Yeah. I've heard this before. Yeah. This is what the movie is about. Nice. This movie is about... Autism fear and the fear of like what's making people autistic. Okay, so it's the invasion of the neurotypicals. <laughs> yeah. She has friends too because Daniel Craig is her friend. Oh, yeah, in yeah. In quotation marks. He drives her around and it turns out he's like a doctor too. Does she sit in the back seat while he's driving? No, she's, she actually uh, interacts with him. He drives her to her work and then she gets out and mm -hmm. then he goes anyway she finds like well, this... who gets to pick what radio station they listen to? i think they were both listening to the news in the background because uh, every once in a while the news will go 
there's a flu. Uh, and that's how it works. You get the flu and then you wake up autistic. Oh, um, that's like the opposite of how it happens in the real world because you get a vaccine. Yeah. And then... Well, we'll get to that. Oh, okay, okay, good, good, good. Um, oh, yeah. She finds this like weird thing that was on the kid that was autistic. It's like a weird skin graft thing. And oh. she she takes it to this hospital that Daniel Craig works at. And Daniel Craig shows it to the lab guy. Because there's a lab guy in the hospital just ready to investigate stuff and look at things. Right. And he's like, oh, this flu's going crazy and stuff. And then he's, she's like, oh, um, can you look at this thing with your spare time? Because the guys in the lab have tons of spare time to, like, just look at a thing. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'll look at it. And I'm like, yeah, nothing to do. He puts it under the microscope. And he's like, ooh, this is pretty intense stuff. Because oh. no one else has discovered the weird skin lesions that come with this flu. So anyway, she takes off and the guy's like, I want my son still. So she like is like, okay, drops him off. And he's like, thank you for bringing my son to me. She's like, okay. Well, that's kind of weird, but yeah, not a lot of inflection in his yeah. voice. But guess this. She has a great phone where she can send messages to her kid. Oh, okay. Get this. Her phone can do video. Oh, yeah, yeah, This yeah. is a big deal. It's like, like an iPhone. This is like the biggest thing before the iPhone. Damn. This was the thing where you could take a video of yourself yeah, yeah. and send it. What? Yeah. Ah. So... So she's like, just send me videos of you and you can always text me if you're unhappy. And the kid's like, this kid is Anakin. Oh, yeah. This kid is like, even all this terrible <laughs> stuff is happening. I'm just like, I'm a kid. Oh, oh this is cool. Hey, look at that Jedi. Oh, we, um, Darth Maul's after us. That's kind of cool. Totally resilient. Resilient, not even like a person, yeah. really. Just like, we don't want to add any plot by making this kid have feelings or emotions, <laughs> ironically. Yeah. All over the world, people are upset about this flu. Turns out that the lady who uh, came to see her to save my husband's, not my husband, the husband's waiting for her at her office when she gets there. He's like, I will wait here for my wife when she gets here. Oh, boy. For her appointment. And he does that thing where they use... It's just like, I will wait here for my wife to get here for her appointment, and okay. then we will leave, Megan Jones. Yeah. And she's like, okay, that's cool. So she goes in her office, and she calls up the lady, and she looks out the window, because the lady's out the window, and she stops in the middle of the street when her phone rings and answers it, and she's like, your husband's here. Um, and she's like, that's great. Keep him there. I'm going to run home and get my stuff, and I'm going to go to my family. Oh. That happens. Good for her. She gets away. Not really much about the plot, but you get to see another autistic person come in. Turns out, the, like, things are going crazy and everyone's getting the flu. Well, they come up really quickly with a vaccine for the flu. Well, that's great. And everyone's getting inoculated. And yeah. the people that are running the inoculation stations, like, she'll run by and they'll be like, Megan Smith, have you had your inoculation yet? But the, the inoculation yeah. makes you autistic. Well, how much mercury and thalamide did they put in the inoculation? I think like average amount. Uh-oh. Which, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's probably like a healthy dose of flora. Maybe even yeah. a less than average because they have to spread it out more now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone's getting autistic. Mm. And that's the weird thing. Why have a vaccine for this thing that's already spreading around? Because they can spread it around by barfing on your face, which they do. Okay. And they do later on to uh, Nicole Kidman. You can also get it by everyone's like, I made you a drink. 
Would you like to drink some of your hot chocolate, please? I made you hot chocolate, Megan okay. Smith. <laughs> please enjoy the hot chocolate, Megan Smith. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a scene where there's a panel of the autistic people going like, yes, we are fighting this um, new flu epidemic. While they're talking about it, there's other people, you know, like from the media and stuff being interviewed. And then way in the back, there's like, the service people, you know, getting the coffee ready and they're all barfing. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. So why do they need the vaccine to spread this thing that is like already spreading fine other than to be like... Hedge their bets. Or actually just to be like, look, vaccines, not so great. <laughs> <laughs> Vaccinate your kid, they wake up autistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shit starts getting crazy. There's like all these crazy people in quotation marks, you know, running down the street going, help me, help me. You know, like things are crazy. Yeah. Those people are the sane ones. Oh. The ones going, help me. Everyone's autistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to get rid of these vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> they're not crazy. You might think they are because they're loud and obnoxious, but yeah. they're really just trying to stop this uh, invasion. Oh. The best part of the invasion is it's solving all the world's problems. <laughs> you hear in the background that Israel and Palestine are getting along. Oh. Uh, <laughs> they're figuring stuff out because all the emotions are cut out of everything. Yeah. World hunger goes away. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, like... America's sending their food to other countries and oh. it's solving all the world's problems and the only person with a problem with it is Nicole Kidman because yes. she doesn't want her kid to wake up autistic. She goes to get her kid to save him from her husband. The husband ends up throwing up in her face. Oh. Is it the husband or no, a census worker comes by her house too. <laughs> all this weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. A census worker comes by her house trying to make her autistic. Everyone is He's trying to make her artistic. Yeah, the census. Then Nicole Kidman has to go live in a FEMA camp. <laughs> oh, this is Everything's great. falling apart because the world's coming together and solving yeah. their problems. Well, and then that YouTube is just 100% Minecraft <laughs> videos. After you go for your inoculation, you're totally going to want to make an upside down pyramid. <laughs> and this is how you do it. Uh. Shit's going crazy. The thing is... You can have the throw up on you. You just can't fall asleep because you'll wake up autistic. Of course. It's all about staying awake. And this is where shit gets hot. Yeah. Because yeah. she's running around, she's taking pills, and she's drinking Mountain Dew. Yeah. And I'm like, holy fuck. I would totally take pills and Mountain Dew and hang out with Nicole Kidman in like a CVS. Oh, yeah. That and like, like eat all party. the chips. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, she meets this ragtag group on a subway and it turns out the only way they can find you is, is if you exhibit emotion. Uh, so if you sit on a train stoically, it's not going to raise anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she learns that from this ragtag group that she ends up with and, you know, they're going to fight it together. Well, it turns out they don't because like five minutes later, everyone in that group is taken in and she gets away. They get snatched. Yeah, they get snatched. Okay. Somehow she gets her kid and it turns out her kid is the chosen one because he's Anakin. Because he's fallen asleep and he's had the hot chocolate and he hasn't woken up autistic. Oh. And it turns out... He's unsnatchable. It turns out it's because of the chickenpox vaccine. Okay. Didn't work on him. Oh, uh, he's immune to vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> and so he got chickenpox. Yeah. And because he had chickenpox naturally, after the vaccine, he's able to fight things naturally. <sighs> And so, um, 
And they're going to use his blood to solve autism. Okay. Even though he acts very autistic in the fact that Didn't he's just he like- Didn't he kill a dog? Yeah, he killed- Oh, no, he didn't kill a dog. That was oh. the other kid. Oh, sorry. Her husband killed a dog, but there is a funny part later where she's driving a car really fast to get away with pe from people and she hits a trash can and the dog flies out of the trash can because <laughs> there's just dogs in all the trash cans because everyone's like, fuck these dogs are smelling my autism. So, um, They're like, we like cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing with the cats. Cats are fine with it. They're like, great. You're yeah. just going to sit there and play Minecraft. I'll sit on your lap and you can scratch me. And then when I'm done with you, I'm done. And you don't care about it. You're not going to follow me around going, bitty, 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 cute little bitty. This is great. This is, yeah. Yeah, it's the perfect world. Okay. So anyway, they're all running around. I forget how, but she ends up getting her kid and oh, yeah. getting him to the safe zone where all the real scientists are. They're able to use his blood to uh, create a, like a anti-vaccine. Yeah. And the tides turn. Nice. And no one's autistic. Phew. And I think the biggest problem is that the people who were autistic, they were like cool with everyone. They're like, hey, just get this thing. It's yeah, fine. Get snatched. The, the people that weren't autistic, they were going to get rid of because like they wouldn't fit into the new world order. Oh, they were going to kill them? Yeah, they were going to kill the kid. Oh, you can't do that. Well, you know, one kid versus world peace. That's a good moral quandary. Yeah. What's more important, your kid or everyone's world peace? Yeah. Well, a true American would say the kid's more important. Yeah, well, I'm a father, and so I would say <laughs> that, too. Anyway, that was the fun movie. I wish, like, I had it all written out. Yeah. Instead of me going, they're autistic. It was like, I would have been like, this here is the socioeconomic principles of... Keynesian. Keynesian, yeah, versus uh, Marxist ideals of... I had that. Nice. But instead, we just had our regular podcast. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, what about your snatch? How's my, your snatch? Oh, my snatch is real good. Yeah? Yeah. So the movie I saw this week was Dressed to Kill. Dressed to Kill. So well, Brian... that sounds like a fancy, fancy, fancy movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about dressing. Uh-huh. Maybe even about cross-dressing. Huh. Maybe even about going beyond cross-dressing and actually uh, into transphobia. Yeah. It's like an early transphobia flick. Watch out for anybody who exists. And it's, uh, you're dressed to kill by looking great? Actually, the way people dress has nothing to do with the movie. Oh. It's a shitty Brian De Palma movie from 1980. Oh. Brian De Palma. What else has he done? I don't know, but he did dress to kill, and he wrote and directed it. If you have anything negative to say about this movie, you know what he's going to say to you? What? Don't talk to the face... Talk to Da Palma. Oh, Brian, you got me again. Yep, that's how he escapes any criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the movie starts out, and there's this uh, hot MILF, and oh, she's yeah. in a fancy bathroom, and she's soaping up her titties. Okay, yeah. It's yeah. like this real sensual scene, like, Da Palma's already got you taken care of. He's already got the jack-off scene right yeah. at the beginning of the movie, so you don't have to, like, cue up the VHS tape. Nobody like, just takes a clinical shower in, in any movie. No. They gotta get the suds and really yeah, she's get in there. Up. And... Yeah, she's like this MILF. She's rubbing up on her titties. Her wedding ring is on her finger, but it's kind of mm -hmm. loose. Oh. So you know she's lost a lot of weight since she got married. Oh, yeah. Or else 
She got her wedding ring enlarged for some reason. Well, people do that. I don't think that anyone has ever done that. People do that. People do that. Google well, it. If, it, if Google. it exists, it, people do that. Yeah. They so, get it bigger so then they can put it on their husband's penis. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, later yeah, yeah. In the... Her husband must have had a very narrow penis. Oh. That's the case in this film. Well, it's not about the girth. It's about the worth. Yes. So anyway, she's doing this erotic shower scene long enough for you to finish. Mm-hmm. And uh, around the same time she wraps up, her husband's shaving at the same time and ignoring her. Aww. And then a stranger sneaks up from behind her and kills her or has sex with her or something bad. So how did this stranger get in the bathroom without the husband noticing? It was just a dream. Aww. And by dream, <laughs> I mean it was loosely suggested it was a sex fantasy because the next scene is she's getting fucked by her husband. Uh-huh. The clock radio is playing in the background. It's like the morning news podcast or Aww. whatever. So he's having sex with her, and she's fantasizing about getting fucked in the shower by some other guy. While he's shaving? Uh, I guess so. The fantasy involves him shaving and not putting his penis in her. Well, that's the thing. A lot of people like it when, you know, someone's in the other room. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They could just get on Craigslist. She didn't tell him her kink before they got married. Exactly. That's, that's one of the major issues here yeah. in the film. So anyway, so he jizzes inside of her, and then he goes and takes a shower to get ready for work, and she's all like, eh. Yeah. Because, you know, she didn't get I hers. was taking a shower in my fantasy. Now I have to take a shower in real life to get your jizzy McGlizzy off of me. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's got to, yeah, totally. Because otherwise it's going to ferment and yeah. stank and... Maybe even get pregnant. Yeah. And then that that's really when it ferments and stinks. It, like, turns into a person <laughs> inside you. It ferments and stinks for 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> If you're lucky. <laughs> I'm still fermenting and stinking, I'll yeah. tell you. So then she goes to check on her son, uh-huh. and he's building a supercomputer in his room. Oh. And it has, like, a floating point unit, and it's all fancy. And... Is this, like, the distant future, or? No, it's the present, but her son's a super genius. It's oh, important. Okay. To... He's always building gadgets. And she's like, what are you going to name your invention? And he goes, I'm going to call it the Peter. <laughs> yes, because his name is Peter. Oh. And she goes, well, have fun working on your Peter. <laughs> yeah. Brian De Palma. Thank you very um, much. Can we give you an award yeah. already? <laughs> you had the boobs. Uh-huh. And now you had a Peter joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then she goes to see her shrink, Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, Oh, well, he's British. Yeah. She's all upset because her husband had sex with her, but he didn't rub her clit or anything. And he just, yeah. like, jizzed and ran. Wow. And then she flirts with him. And he gets an erection. And you don't see this, but find out later on in the movie that's what happened. So he gets yeah. a boner because she flirts with him. And then their session ends and she goes to the museum. But his session just starts. Oh, yeah, yeah. As soon as she leaves, he, like, whacks off because he's got to, like, relieve the pressure. Yeah. So now she's at the museum and she looks at a painting of a gorilla. So is this, like, a Sunday or a Saturday? She it's doesn't the middle have a... of the week. This is okay. This so is her... just, like, her life. Okay. Yeah. That sounds great. I would yeah. let a guy come in me first thing in the morning to have a life where I can just wander around museums. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If there were, if a genie proposition, he was like, all right, you get to live a life of leisure. <laughs> well, I don't think genies, Who's... unless they're a bad genie, okay, where so it's like a, a thing where on. you're like, I want a life of leisure. And then he's like, wish granted. But then the life of leisure is ironically from a guy having to come in you in the morning. Yeah. But your son's also a super genius. Yeah. Who invents the floating point unit in 1980. Whoa. Like 15 years before it was available on like yeah. commercial desktop computers. Totally worth it. Yeah. 
So anyway, she's at the museum. She looks at a painting of a gorilla. So and then she remembers. <laughs> she remembers that Coco could it was real. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, if Coco is real, I'm real. Exactly. I'm gonna work on myself. I'm gonna get a job. I'm gonna leave my husband. No, I'll take no. the kid. No one's coming in me early in the day, but I'm gonna figure out my life and I'm gonna make something out of it more than just seeing a psychiatrist in the morning and then hanging out and just waltzing through life in the way that everyone wishes they could. You have failed the Brian De Palma School of Filmmaking right oh, there. Oh God. You went to the female empowerment realm. Uh -huh. Big mistake number one. Uh, you suggested realistic solutions for your problems, yeah. mistake number two. Oh. You didn't include any sexy scenes, mistake number three. Oh. And so, mistake number four is I assume that Coco was real? Yeah, Brian De Palma included the painting to show that Coco was fictional. Oh my god. Yeah, so she looks at a painting of a gorilla. So... Uh -huh. And then she remembers that she needs to buy eggnog and nuts. So oh, she writes that Christmas down. Christmas time? I guess so, must be. But anyway, she has a shopping list and she's filling it out. She writes eggnog, nuts, get turkey. No, she writes pick up turkey and like exclamation point. Hmm. So she's looking at the painting. She's writing her grocery list. All right. She has things to do with her life. Yeah. So then this really sexy guy comes over and he like sits down next to mm. her and he's like wearing smoky aviator glasses yeah. like in the middle of the museum. So like the museum's totally like a hot pickup spot. Like yeah. people go to the museum to find like hookup partners. It's the uh, it's cruising park for... restroom. Yeah. Of... Well to do. Well to do's. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he sits next to her and there's like this whole 30 minute back and forth flirting scene. Mm -hmm. Oh, and she's wearing these really stupid gloves. But they're like <laughs> isotoners or something. Yeah. So she takes her glove off. Oh, so you can see the palma? So you can see her wedding ring. Oh. And then the guy sees the wedding ring and he's like, I don't fuck married chicks. So he like walks off. Oh, really? And, then, and so she- He feels, wanted to like a relationship with her? I don't know. It is weird. Yeah. Like that's his key to be like, oh, I can really fuck her now. Yeah, exactly. Because even if she gets pregnant, she'll just say her husband was the yeah. father. Anyway, so they do this whole back and forth where well, she- Well, why isn't he at work? Right? This is a good question. <laughs> He must have somebody who's coming in him every morning. <laughs> and then he goes and hangs out in the museum. Yeah, yeah after washing himself. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to, like, butt douche. <laughs> so anyway, so they're chasing each other around the museum. And there's, like, dramatic music playing. And yeah. it's all sexy. And then she loses her glove. Uh-huh. The sexy guy finds the glove and he puts it on. At this point, oh. you realize he's got really small hands. Or she has big hands. Yeah, either she has gigantic monster but hands. But she can't have big hands because her wedding ring got really big. Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. the wedding ring is big enough to put on her. If she has big hands oh. and then the ring got bigger. The wedding ring can fit around her husband's cock. Yeah. Which could still be narrow. Brian De Palma, you did it again. Oh my God. So this guy puts on her glove, <laughs> uh -huh. either because her hand's big or his is small. But do I'm you thinking, sniff it first? They don't show it, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like this ear theory. She's got gigantic hands. Yeah. Gorilla not, hands. Yeah. She has, oh, right, because that's why she looked at the gorilla. Yeah. We need to, uh, <laughs> I was going to say gorilla the painting we need to google the painting to see what this painting is who yeah. made it what the story is behind the painting it deep symbolism yeah yeah like who goes around painting gorillas so anyways <laughs> she tries to flirt with the guy they chase each other but she doesn't find him yeah so she's done at the museum she goes outside and then she realizes she lost her glove it's important that she has her glove because uh you can't buy gloves other places? No. Fancy glove? Uh-uh. That's not the point. Mm. Or is it her glass slipper? 
Kind of, yes. But here's the other thing. So now she's only got one glove on. Oh, So man. she takes the glove she's wearing and she takes it off and then throws it on the ground. Oh. So she's littering. And I'm at this point, I'm kind of like, all And right. I'm assuming they're leather gloves, too. Yeah. So she's also wasting an animal byproduct. Yeah, so she's not a vegan, littered a glove. Mm. So now I don't feel bad for her anymore. First, yeah. I was like, oh, she didn't get her clit rubbed. But now I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe you need to, like, get your house in order before you start complaining yeah. about, like, what people are doing to you. Maybe your rub your own clit. Yeah. Before you get mad at someone for coming <laughs> you... <laughs> This is Brian De Palma. <laughs> it's not a flushed out theory yet because yeah, the movie's yeah, yeah. still moving forward. So anyway, she throws her glove on the ground. Yeah. Then she looks over and then in a taxi cab, the sexy guy's in it. Oh. And he's waving a little glove at her from inside the taxi cab. She's like, mm. oh, my glove. Yeah. So she runs over to the taxi cab and she gets in the taxi cab. Did she pick up her glove? No. It's oh, gone. so it doesn't even matter. No. It's not about the glove. It's really not. So she gets in the taxi cab and the guy's like, all right. You got in the cab, that's consent, and he starts making out with her. Yeah. So they're making out, it's really hot. The cabbie is like driving, but he like tilts the mirror so he can like see what's Ooh. happening. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, hubba and hubba. The cabbie represents us as the audience. Yeah, the voyeurs. Yeah. So he's like sucking on her titty and like definitely rubbing her clit, like doing all the things she needs. Yeah. He takes her panties off. And she has a screaming orgasm in the back seat of a dirty New York City cab. The most erotic place you it could is, ever come. It is, yeah. Especially in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Covered with like piss and yeah. vomit and, and whatever. Times Square just gazing at you from yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So totally gets her rocks off. This incredibly powerful experience. Yeah. So he's done finger banging her. And then they go up to his apartment and fuck. Okay. Because, you know, like, you got to keep going. And it's obviously a nice apartment. It's a very nice apartment. Because when you're not working on a weekday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. You're either homeless. Yeah. Or you're well-to-do. Or somebody's coming in you first thing in the morning. That's and then right. the rest of the day, just you can do, do you as you will. Yeah. yeah, there's one shot in the morning and the rest of the day is <laughs> fine. It's actually a pretty good You could probably even get two shots in the morning and have the next day off. I, I like that. Yeah. 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 Three shots in the morning, three-day weekend. There's probably like an exponential curve where like three shots buys you two days and five shots buys you three days. Uh -huh. But like he's not always good for five shots in the morning. So you got to like really pump it. Yeah. And, like, yeah get yeah, it yeah. going and you got to like, you know. And even work. if you're saying like it's it's going to be dust. Don't do it anymore. It hurts. Yeah. You yeah, keep yeah, going. Yeah. And then she has to like learn how to milk the prostate. And yeah. that's like that gets you a whole week. That's like a specialized skill set in and of itself. Yeah. So she wakes up in the guy's apartment and At the 1900. clock says 1900. So it's 7 p.m. military time. Mm. So the guy's probably got like a military background. Yeah. Uh, he's like in the army or like the navy or even the coast guard. I don't know. Well, the thing that's really upsetting me is she hasn't bought that turkey yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or the eggnog. But she did get the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Thank you, Brian De Palma. Ooh, she... Ooh, ooh, ooh. She got basted. <laughs> uh, well, what time do you think they had the sex? Well, it was in the middle of the afternoon. She was at the museum. So they probably... And that was fresh after a night's sleep. Why, is the... Why would they sleep so long? Because he fucked her really good. Oh, man. Yeah, but then he left. He had to ditch out and go back to the museum or whatever. Yeah, he had to look at that gorilla. Or he probably had to go buy turkey of his own, too. Yeah. He's like, you know what? I'm not like you. I got to get my shopping list. So she's getting ready to leave, and she's going to leave him like a sexy note, like, thanks uh -oh. for the fucking... 
Yeah. Um, and she's going through his desk. And, and then he, next time we'll get a turducken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she gets a note that she writes, thanks for the fucking, next time let's get a turducken. Yeah. And she's going through his desk and she finds his like gym membership card. <laughs> she's like, nice. This guy works out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the fancy gym. It's yeah. like the Wall Street gym. So you know he's like a rich guy. And then she's like rifling through his desk some more. And she finds this paperwork from uh, the health department. Uh-oh. And it's like, yeah, you got syphilis <laughs> and gonorrhea. So now she's all mad. She's like, oh, man. Yeah, the yin and yang of the day. Yeah, so now she's really upset because she, like, got tricked. And now she's got syphilis and gonorrhea. She's upset. She's got STDs now. She takes the elevator down and she's going to go home. But then she remembers she left her wedding ring at the apartment because it's so loose on her finger, it just fell off. So she's got to get back in the elevator and she goes back upstairs to go back to his apartment. But when she gets to the seventh floor where the guy lives, this transgendered person wearing a wig, so it's a trans woman, and has a straight razor and starts hacking her to death with the razor. Okay. She's bleeding all over the place. The trans woman's uh, hacking her to death. So the trans woman knew she was coming back for the ring? And yeah. Didn't trans- kill her the first time around? Right. When she was just in the apartment? Yeah, the trans woman's been following her this whole time. Mm. I think the trans woman picked up the glove she dropped. I'm not Ooh. sure. Yeah. Trans so woman- she in cahoots with the, the weird guy. Who knows at this point? I, I, I smell cahoots. Yeah, there's a lot of... Fishy things going on. It's very mm-hmm. suspect. So she's dead. Then the elevator door opens and this hooker's there. She's like a high class hooker. And this guy's like giving her stock tips. He's like, Ooh, yeah, hey, yeah. hooker, when you buy stocks, make sure you sell low and buy high or whatever. Yeah, he comes in her in the morning and yeah. then the rest of the day she gets hot stock, stock tips. tips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the world of Brian De Palma. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so this hooker opens the elevator and the dead girl's there. Yeah. And the killer's still in the elevator with well, her. Well, I thought she was going to be our protagonist. No. She's well, dead. at least she didn't get syphilis. Exactly. She died before the syphilis and gonorrhea were able to, you know, take place in her bloodstream. Yeah. I don't know what the term for that is. Um, germinate? Germinate. Do STDs germinate? But anyways, so the trans woman has like the bloody straight razor and she like tosses it to the hooker. She's like, here, catch, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the elevator closes and goes away and the hooker picks up the straight razor. So Uh-oh. now her fingerprints are all over it. Good one, hooker. Yeah, yeah. She fell for it. Hooker, line, and sinker. <laughs> <laughs> so meanwhile, we go back to Michael Caine's office and oh. he gets a phone call from... Now one it's of... about me again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets a phone <laughs> call from one of his patients. Maybe I'll be the protagonist. Yeah, yeah. And it's like this husky male voice and it goes this is bobby i'm a woman's trapped in a man's body and i took your razor don't make me a, be a bad girl again <laughs> so you're like okay so bobby's the trans woman and is one of michael kane's patients and stole michael kane's straight razor to murder one of his patients yeah and he opens his desk up and his straight razor's missing because oh, he keeps no. his straight razor in his desk why is it oh i but see like, why a straight razor? Oh! It's symbolic. Oh, yeah. Because the straight Occam's razor mm-hmm. of just, quote, two genders is yeah. what creates this uh, transphobia. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I like where this is going. Yeah, yeah. Brian De Palma might have been trying to push a secret non-transphobic agenda through. Could be. Hard to say at this point. 
So now we're back at the police station, and we got Dennis Franz in it, or Ooh. Franz, the guy from NYPD Blue. Yeah. And he's like the New York detective, and he's like investigating the crime. Yeah. They're like arguing and interviewing Michael Caine, and Michael Caine's like, I don't know anything about this, but you know he's lying because yeah. he got that phone call. And then Michael Caine finds a clue about the hooker lady, gets mm. her name. And so he's like, oh, cool, I got this clue. And so the MILF's son is there, Peter, the computer guy. Oh, he's going to yeah. use his computers. He's got a gadget with him, and he plugs it into the wall so he can hear what the police guy's saying. Yeah. So he's listening on the interview. And so Dennis Franz is like, we know that your patient got ate out by some guy in a taxi cab <laughs> before she was murdered, you know? Yeah. The son's like, my mom got ate out by I got a taxi cab, which is like the dirtiest place to get yeah. ate out. Especially for a kid that works on computers all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's in a taxi cab. He's slowly freaking out. Oh, yeah. He's like, Ugh. Which is interesting because the scene of the taxi cab just showed her getting fingered. I didn't know he yeah. was also like performing cunnilingus on her, but. Yeah, well. The taxi cab driver was a witness to the crime and yeah. told Dennis Franz everything he needed to know. And so are we now. Yeah. Also, the son, Peter, finds out about the hooker lady, too. Yeah. He's like, okay, so everybody knows about the hooker lady because Dennis Franz is not a very good detective. Yeah. Now the witness lady, uh, the hooker, she's getting interrogated, and Dennis Franz tells her she's got 48 hours to solve the murder. <laughs> I'm that's, serious. Oh, my God. That's the best career. <laughs> if I was a detective, I would totally do that. Yeah, just bring hookers in and be like, you better solve this crime or I'll put you back in jail, hooker. All right, I'll be right here. Yeah, yeah. You go and do the crime. Do you need a gun? <laughs> Here's a gun. Yeah, Here's yeah. my badge. I'll be here waiting with my bag of McDonald's. <laughs> One fry. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Ketchup. <laughs> so the hooker lady's trying to get clues and solve the crime. Because <laughs> it's her job yeah, now. Yeah, it's her job now. And then Peter is riding a motorcycle around town. Oh, and he's how not old wearing... is Peter? He's like 18 or 16. Oh, or... okay. I assume Peter was like a small child. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have conveyed that at the beginning. He's like teenager. Okay. I, I thought it was like a little kid. Yeah. And I was like, yes, mother. No, no. He's like grown up. He's like probably graduated from college, but wow. still lives home with his parents. Well, who's coming in him in the morning so he can live with his parents all day and work on computers? That's one question that never gets answered in this movie. Society. Who's coming in Peter? Society. That's right. Society's coming in Peter. <laughs> so he's riding his motorcycle around town and he's not wearing a helmet. Mm. And then he stands outside uh, Michael Caine's building. Yeah. And he has this gadget that's just a stopwatch and he like tracks when people like enter and exit the building. Uh -huh. So you're like, oh, he's got a plan, you know? Yeah, he's figuring stuff out. Then he goes home and he's got all these blueprints for a fancy camera. Ooh. So he builds this camera gadget and you're like, ooh, what's he going to do? Like he did the stopwatch gadget, he did the camera gadget and it's like, ooh, something's going to happen. So then he goes back to the building again and he chains his bike up to a tree and he has the camera gadget uh -huh. on a timer. So ooh. whenever people enter and exit the building, it takes pictures of them. Kind of like in the forest with the gorillas. Yeah. Uh, you can take a picture of them when they go by and you're not there. Exactly. So he's got his little wildlife National yeah. Geographic setup. He's taking pictures of all And it has like that bright flash. Yeah. <laughs> so people like have their eyes wide open and yeah. they're like disturbed. What? Why did that bicycle flash at me? <laughs> yeah. So Michael Caine gets another phone call from Bobby. Mm -hmm. and Bobby's like, I'm going to kill the hooker next because I know that she's the witness. And Michael Caine's like, no, don't do this. Yeah, she has to solve the crime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then the hooker, instead of solving the crime, she's 
calling her broker and she's buying stocks. <laughs> okay. And she's like, I need to get stocks because uh, I have all these great stock tips. Yeah. And her broker, her stock broker is like, where are you going to get all the money for this? She's like, hold on. And then she calls the escort service and she's like, I need to sleep with a bunch of Johns so I get money <laughs> to buy stocks. And they're like, okay, no problem. That's like, like counting your penises before they come. Yeah. She's got good financial information, but she's not super financially savvy. Yeah. yeah she's, she's not buying on margin, yeah. but she's kind of buying on come margin. Yeah. 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 So now Michael Caine is watching this TV show. He's watching an episode of Donahue. Okay. It's about people who are transgender. Oh, okay. That's a like, good place to learn about it. Because he's a psychiatrist and he doesn't know anything about like psychiatry. So <laughs> yeah. He has to watch Donahue and he's like, oh, a transgendered person is like a man who thinks he's trapped in a woman's body or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, okay, now wow. now the audience knows what transgender This is totally how I learned about Tourette's syndrome as a <laughs> child. Michael Caine is on the same level as me yeah. as a child learning about psychology. and The hooker lady, she's walking around town. She's trying to solve the crime. And wherever she goes, the trans woman is following her. Well, she just needs to turn around. Yeah. So the trans woman is like an excellent tracker you know she's yeah. really good at following people michael kane meanwhile now that he watched this episode of donahue he goes to the uh, mental institution okay and he's like i need to talk to bobby because i think bobby murdered somebody and i gotta solve this crime and the guy's like why don't you call the police he's like no i've got to talk to bobby first and then i'll call the police not to s step ahead is he doing it to protect his uh person that he's going to eventually write a book on or it is seems he like just that. like it protecting seems, his patient or it does... doesn't seem very virtuous or ethical yeah like, it seems kind of like he's got an agenda like like there's some secret you know yeah like, something like, why about you, it yeah like why are you protecting bobby yeah. Did you let Bobby come in you? Or did Bobby let you come in her? Well, Bobby comes in him in the morning and then the rest of the day he j he gets to pretend he's a psychiatrist. <laughs> because he doesn't know anything. He yeah. has to watch Donahue to oh, actually yeah, figure yeah. something out. And he's okay. all... Yeah. We got it all figured out. This world is all about who comes and who in the morning. That was the original title. <laughs> yeah. Brian De Palma was like, all right. The movie is going to be called Who Cometh First. <laughs> His producer was like, how about Whom Cometh First? <laughs> and then the other producer was like, we're not writing come anywhere in the title. It's going to be called Dress to Kill, End of Story. And then Brian De Palma goes, oh, man. Oh, man. Can I still have the scene where she's washing her boobs right in the beginning? And they're like, I thought that was my suggestion. Yeah. Actually, we were going to ask you to make it longer yeah. so that kids could jack off to it and not yeah. have to like fast forward the VCR all the way to the halfway point and then rewind <laughs> it again before their parents got home. Yeah. Because this is the 80s back when jack off material was either like in the woods or like, you know, an R-rated movie that you rented from the local rental store, but they didn't know it had the tit scene in it or they did, but they didn't make a big deal about it. Yeah. Or you had your older brother at home who pretended to be your dad. So when they called and said, do you have permission to rent this movie? He said, well, yes, I do. Yes, my son. He can watch all the titty scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After I watch it first. <laughs> it's five minutes in, right? <laughs> so Michael Caine's trying to cover up the police investigation. Yeah. And then the hooker lady, she's, she realizes she's being followed by the trans lady. Mm-hmm. 
So she's Finally. Yeah, so she's running away, but the trans woman's always one step ahead of her. Is, is the trans woman passing very well? No, no passing privilege whatsoever. So if somebody's not passing very well and they're following you, you don't notice? Right. Is she hiding behind corners? Is she... It's hard to say how she's perfected the art of stealth so well. Like, while this is the she's, 80s. Yeah, like, she's wearing you a, would notice this. Yeah, she's wearing a badly fitted wig. Big men's sunglasses. She's wearing, like, Ray-Ban sunglasses. Okay. She's got a very strong jawline and, like, broad shoulders. Like, I think nowadays you would maybe notice it still, but it wouldn't be a big deal. But, yeah, like, but I think then, in the 80s you'd be like, what the hell? Yeah, is this, like, a guy auditioning to be in a Twisted Sister video yeah. or something? Is, like, Dee Snyder chasing this woman around? <laughs> Well, like, that's what I'm envisioning now for the rest of... Uh, yeah, this is the level of passing privilege that this trans woman yeah. embodies in the film. So anyway, so she keeps running away, but everywhere she like goes, the trans woman's there. And it's yeah. like, I still got the straight razor because she <laughs> got it back somehow. I don't know how she did. <laughs> well, the woman picked it up and then dropped it. And then maybe it's another straight razor. I don't know. There must be a lot of straight razors out there. Yeah. Well... I mean, the straight razor is still symbolically important, so... Nine out of ten are straight razors. <laughs> so anyways, then there's this whole scene where she goes on the subway, uh-huh. and then a bunch of black guys see her, so they start attacking her because oh. they're black. Yeah. But then she finds a black police officer, and she's like, oh, you're one of the good ones, you know? Yeah, yeah. But then And then he... the police officer is like, you know, there's like this weird lady following you too, though. <laughs> Like, these guys are just regular old guys, but yeah, yeah. over here... The trans woman. I, I wasn't even really paying attention to you until it got loud. It's just, <laughs> over here, there's this whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the police guy takes off, and then the regular black guys come back, and they're like, well, we're still black, so we're going to attack you. And she's, like, running away. Oh. And she's about to escape from the black guys... But she runs into the trans woman. What? The and one a, that's been following her all this time? Yeah, and the trans woman's like holding up the straight razor like, gonna kill you now. <laughs> and all the black guys are like, oh shit, a trans woman with a straight razor. <laughs> yeah. So they run away. We're not gonna make fun of this. Yeah, yeah. This isn't like a gold mine for us. No, after. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing funny about this. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, She's doing her own thing. Let's respect it. Yeah. Let's not try and enforce the gender binary because yeah. it's only creating a toxic environment for people who are struggling to find their own self-identity. Yeah. That's like the whole monologue they had, but then Brian De Palma cut it out the last minute. Yeah, he's like, you know what? People can assume. Well, and also he's like, maybe we're not ready for this. Yeah. And it's kind of a shame, because you think about what this movie could have been, and maybe we wouldn't be where we're at today, you know? Well, it took uh, Silence of the Lambs to show us what a real trans woman is like. Yeah, and then it took The Crying Game to show us what a real trans woman is like. Yeah. And then... <laughs> and then, oddly, it took Cars, the movie. Yeah, to show us what a real trans, trans woman is. Trans Am is. Yeah. So the trans woman's about to kill the hooker. Mm-hmm. She's stuck on the subway. The police officer's gone. The black guys are gone. But then Peter shows up. And uh-huh. he sprays a bunch, of, a bunch of shaving cream into the trans woman's face. Uh-oh. Which blinds her, and she runs away. Yeah, because he, he's just walking around with shaving cream. Well, Peter was following the trans woman who was following the hooker. Wow, this is like a human centipede of uh, <laughs> deception and yeah. noir. Exactly, it's amazing. So well, who's following Peter. Hopefully nobody, but probably somebody. He saves her. She's all, thank you. I don't know who I'm rooting for. Right? The hooker's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I haven't seen her yet. Peter's a good kid. She's not a real life hooker looking. 
She's like the Julia. Well, she's high class. Yeah, she's pretty woman. What's the symbolism of spraying shaving cream on a trans woman's face? Well. I feel like there's a. Oh, yeah. Because there's a straight razor, the shaving cream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's deep. Brian De Palma, you're a sharp one. You're you're a straight razor when it comes (laughs) to movie metaphor. To creaming all over. Uh, Okay, so Peter and the hooker, they're teaming up. And they make a plan. Now, the hooker goes back to the detective, and she hasn't solved the crime yet. Yeah, has it been 48 hours? I guess so. Just checking in? Yeah. She's like, I got another guy to help do your job, though, so we'll do it extra fast now. Exactly. So he's mad at her because she hasn't solved the crime yet. (laughs) And he goes, I hope you make a better hooker than you do a detective. (laughs) That's an actual line from the movie. And she's like, well, actually, yes, that's my career. I'm a hooker and I'm not a detective. Yeah, I've actually... I hope you make a better detective than you do a hooker because right now you're (laughs) fucking up. Yeah. Yeah, if he was letting somebody come in him every morning just to be like a New York City detective, he really needs to up his standards a little. So the detective tells her, he's like, now you got to break into Michael Caine's office. And you got to steal his appointment book so we can find out who his transgendered client is who's doing all these murders. Okay. Michael Caine's covering it up. Because you can't just turn around and grab her. The detective is like, you only have 48 hours to solve the crime, so we can't wait for a judge to give us a subpoena to solve the murder. Mm. And you can't say that this person has been following me with a straight razor and you just need to follow even further behind me. So you can see the person and then just come grab her with the straight razor. Yeah. All right. So the hooker goes to visit Michael Caine in his office. Mm-hmm. And Peter is outside. He's like looking in the windows with binoculars. Yeah. And the hooker's trying to seduce him. She's oh. going to like give him a boner. And we already know he likes getting boners. Well, does he like getting boners? I don't know. He got that say. boner that one time with yeah, the yeah, lady yeah. that got murdered. Exactly. So she's trying to seduce him. And she's like... I need some sexual assistance. And Michael Caine's trying to be cool. He's like, no, I'm a psychiatrist. I'm very professional. And I would never get a boner from you doing your sexy strategies. I I would never do anything that would hurt anybody. Yeah. Especially let one of my patients run around killing people. Exactly. So she starts doing this sexy strip tease, yeah. and at this point, Michael Caine's like, got the boner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can tell, like, the look on his face. He's like, I'm turgid. Oh. So he's ready, and she's like, all right, why don't you take all your clothes off while I go into your office and look for your appointment book? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, okay. Yes. She's going into his office, and she finds the name of the killer, mm-hmm. and then she opens up his Rolodex and takes out the little card in the Rolodex that has the killer's name and address yeah. on it. She's like, great, we got the killer. Yeah. Uh-oh. She still has to do Michael Caine. Yeah, well, so Peter's watching in the window, and Michael Caine, he gets undressed, right? Yeah. you know, he, she told him to. And he's all waiting. He's yeah. like... Yeah, but then he gets dressed to kill. What? Yeah, and he puts on a blonde wig and what? sunglasses. And it turns out Michael Caine is the trans woman who is doing the murders. Uh-oh. Yeah. The card that she worked so hard to find is a fake card. Yeah. <laughs> that it just was like a red herring. Calls him. I guess. <laughs> like a forwarding service. Yeah. Well, the guy's name was Red Herring. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, this solves the problem of how he got the straight razor. Exactly. Yeah. He stole his own straight razor and then called himself on the phone to brag about yeah, it. And, and he didn't have a British accent when he was calling himself. Yeah. So he's got the straight razor and he's like, well, now I'm finally going to kill you, hooker. And she's yeah. like, God damn it. You know? <laughs> and then somebody shoots Michael Caine. Ooh. And you're like, Peter didn't have a gun. No. 
That's the end of that scene. Now they're at the police station the next day, uh-huh. and the psychologist is there, and he's explaining what happened. He goes, well, when you're a transsexual, it really means that you have multiple personality disorder, ah. which is transphobic. This is where the movie cements its status as being problematic. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, so Michael Caine had multiple personality disorder, and one of his personalities was a guy who didn't have a British accent who thought he was a woman. Hmm. And that's why he had to kill people. His other personality wasn't a woman? I don't know. It was a man that thought he was a woman? But Michael Caine wouldn't approve his own sex change. (laughs) And so every time he got a boner, he had to kill the woman that gave him a boner. Oh. Because the woman reminded him that he still had a penis because he couldn't get the sex change. Yeah. That's what they actually explained in the movie. Oh, cool. Where's the detective? Is he saying thank you for (laughs) solving the mystery? The detective, he's like, I knew you weren't going to solve the mystery on your own. And there's like this lady there. She's like, hi. And he's like... So I had this other police officer follow you everywhere. She knew that you almost got killed a bunch of times, but didn't do anything about it. Until the last time. Yeah, and then she shot Michael Caine. Cool. Yeah. So they're like, well, what's going to happen to Michael Caine? So now they're back at the mental hospital. The nurse is going around. It's like midnight. She's doing the bed checks, and she's making sure all the people in the asylum. Because this is before Ronald Reagan got rid of all the mental institutions. So the nurse, uh, Michael Caine is not in a special... No. Private place for murderers. No. It's just with everyone else. General population. Great. Yeah. This all thrown together. So the nurse is doing the bed checks and she goes to do my boner. Well, yep. She does the bed check on Michael Caine and then he pops the biggest boner he's ever had in his entire life. Yeah. So now he has to strangle the nurse. The the killing of the life. So he strangles the nurse. She dies. And then all the crazy guys in the asylum like cheer him on yeah Yeah, they're like yeah good job so he puts on the nurse's clothes and he escapes from the mental hospital good now peter and the hooker are at peter's house Uh uh-huh because his dad's out of town for the weekend and now the hooker's taking a sexy shower where the milf was taking a shower earlier Great. And now the hookers... Full th- circle. Yeah, yeah. So you can, you know, rub one more nut out before yeah. you're done with the film. And you're like, finally, I get to see hers. Yeah, yeah. You're like, come on. You got to show all the titties. Like, the first day you had the movie, it's in the first five minutes. Yeah. Then the next day you had the movie after watching the whole thing, because, you know, you're going to watch the whole thing. Yeah, you kind of got curiosity. You're going to watch the movie, too. It's, yeah. You know, then you get to the end, you're like, oh. Well, I'll save that for later. I'm not going to be kind just yet and Mm. rewind this thing. I'm going to keep it right here. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. When I get off of school. Yeah. That's what they call the De Palma bookend. So she's in the shower. She's soaping up her titties. You're like, damn. And then Michael Caine comes in with the nurse's uniform on and uh, kills her with a straight razor. Yeah. But then she wakes up and it was all just a dream. Oh, how much was it? I think the part where Michael Caine escaped from prison was a dream. And they probably actually put him in a maximum security facility. Well, that's good. It's getting the help he needs. Yeah, and the inmates didn't actually cheer him on as he strangled the nurse to death. Well, that's a weird thing to happen in your dream. She's got a vivid imagination. Yeah. So she wakes up. It's just a dream. And then Peter comes in. He's like, oh, you were having a nightmare. She's like, don't touch me. <laughs> and then that's the end of the movie. Oh, man. Peter <laughs> never gets his. Oh, no, no. Peter does not get to have sex with the hooker. Oh, he never gets to work on his Peter. Those were two very good movies about phobias. They were two that, very uh, good movies about phobias. Unjust phobias. Yeah. Well, that trans- now that we've moved on and... What's autism phobia? Neurotypical exceptionalism. 
but anyways. Unaccepting of your puzzle piece. Yeah. Hopefully this has been a good podcast to raise awareness for both trans awareness and autism awareness. And coming awareness. Yeah, yeah. If you're coming in someone first thing in the morning, make sure you're doing your best to help them have the best possible day. Yeah. That's why we're always saying we hope you're having a good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say you're hoping a really good day because someone probably came in you somewhere. (laughs) And if somebody's coming in you, make sure they're taking care of your needs also. Yeah. You know, a little reciprocity. Or don't let somebody come in you Unless they're also going to make sure that you get to go hang out at a museum all afternoon. Yeah. Know your worth. If you're going to paint something, paint a gorilla for damn sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that somebody will remember what was supposed to be on their shopping (laughs) list. Their shopping list. Exactly. And good thing they get murdered too. I, I often think to myself when I'm like... I waited to the last minute to do something. I'm like, oh, why can't someone just murder me? <laughs> Basically, that's where it should have ended. It was yeah. like everyone would be like, oh, God, she didn't have to pick up all that shit at the store late. Because mm-hmm. that turkey's not going to be thawed. Yeah. So wait, what happened to the, the guy that doesn't, she fucked? It doesn't matter. Because I thought maybe the guy that she fucked was the trans nope. person. No, uh-uh. Not at all related to the film at all. She He's could've... just out there fucking chicks. Yeah, with, like, that, no... that's the worst part of this movie. <laughs> that random guy is still out there picking up girls at museums, <laughs> giving them syphilis and gonorrhea, <laughs> not facing the consequences at all. Wow. Yeah, nothing happened there? Nothing yeah. happened to him. Probably, this is my alternate ending of the film. Yeah. So Peter's stepdad... The guy who's always coming in, his wife, Ooh. but not like rubbing her clit. He goes cruising. Yeah. Because he's like, I got to come into something. Yeah. And he comes in the butt of the Wall Street guy who has syphilis and gonorrhea. Yeah. And he's like, well, that was great. See ya. And then the guy's like, the pleasure was all mine. Because he got his prostate stimulated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peter's stepdad gets syphilis and gonorrhea. Ooh. But he doesn't get it treated, so then he gets, you know, get dementia from syphilis or yeah. whatever. So he dies horribly. Well, there's that. Yeah. And the stockbroker guy, he goes on the train and then black people kill him. <laughs> They're like, we're black. This is what we do. Hey, we didn't get that one lady yeah. earlier. Now you're our victim. <laughs> Thanks for watching the movie. No <laughs> refunds. <laughs> Sorry we didn't have time for movie trailers this week. Yeah. But, you know, you didn't listen to this to hear about hot movie trailers. Yeah. You wanted to hear about hot jizz. Yeah. The trailer season hasn't started up again either. Yeah. Fall season. I'm assuming there's a trailer season and that right now it's a dead end. Exactly. We're in a bit of a lull. Maybe next week will be our all trailers episode. Ooh. You know. Maybe what? we watch some classic trailers, Ooh, yeah, yeah, and then we have to figure out what the movie's about. Oh, that's great. Okay, so next week... Uh, we had that whole thing with Jailhouse Rock. We need to really discuss that. <laughs> yes, Jailhouse Rock and many others. All right, next week is all trailers. We're not going to watch a movie. This is great for Sean and I, because yeah. that's a huge burden. <laughs> we both last minute watched a movie. <laughs> I watched my movie this morning. Sean was like, hey, should I come over and do the podcast? I was like, no, I haven't watched the movie yet. <laughs> I was like, you got two hours. Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, you did thanks. very well for just watching the movie. Thanks. I got a, you know, I got a quick turnaround time when it comes to making up bullshit. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Be sure to tell all your friends to listen. Yeah. And if you didn't enjoy listening, tell the people who you're like, who think they're your friends, but they're really not, that they should listen. Yeah. And that'll really fuck with And them. then start asking them questions to make sure they, they listen. Yeah. And be like, what was your favorite part? Yeah. And then if they can't say, 
Or if they give you some canned bullshit response, like, yeah, I like couldn't oh, pick... I like the colors they used. Yeah, yeah. Or like, <laughs> I couldn't pick a favorite part. Or if they were like, I like the deep, bassy intonation of their voices, you'll be like, you fucking liar. Yeah. They're whiny little bitches. Yeah, it's like double white Urkel, you know? Like <laughs> nasling it up in there. All right. All right. Well, have a great week. Don't forget to vote. And also, don't forget to get registered to vote. And please don't commit voting fraud. Mm-mm. All right. I'm going to hit the stop button now. Bye now. See ya.